1: Let the word go forth Fool me once Are you fired up? If I'm not a crook Are you ready to go? Shame on shame on you
0: It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat Hosted
1: by Ben Kissel
0: Fool me, can't get fooled again
1: Alright, welcome to the show everyone I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks uh, what a week, huh? Hey, every week's what a week. It's a whole new Donald Trump. He went to extreme president makeover, and now he's an entirely different person than he was in 2016. Who would have thought it? Multiple changes happened. We're gonna. Have, we have a lot to talk about today. We just dropped a 22,000 pound bomb uh, in Afghanistan. The strongest bomb, other than a nuclear bomb, the mother of all g- bombs. They're calling it. They're calling it the mother of all bombs, and isn't that feminist of them? Isn't that? Isn't that nice? It's it's not the father of all bombs uh it is the mother of all bombs uh they blew up a couple of caves uh in afghanistan there was another strike in Syria, which led to the death of 18 allies. So uh, that's <laughs> that's always wonderful. And of course, uh, the strike, the 59 Tomahawk uh, cruise missiles that were sent over uh, recently to Syria. Uh, 57 of them hit their targets, uh, and uh, the next day, planes were flying off the tarmac, and we don't even know if it got rid if they got rid of the chemical weapons or not. Because again, the Trump administration, the man who claims to never show his hand. Told the Syrians and the Russians he was going to bomb them. Yeah. So it might all be for naught. However, Donald Trump has used his um, new found love for bombing uh, in order to increase his poll numbers. Which are now sitting at around 50%. Uh, two and a half weeks ago, they were three. Uh, they were 35%. Uh, you know, the drumbeat of war is unfortunately uh, the sound that Americans like to dance around. I don't know. I, I just don't get it.
0: I don't, I don't really just don't get why just bombing somebody can raise your approval points for 15 points.
1: With 15. Z- with zero policy uh, for the future. No Again, policy. Uh, Donald Trump has one foot in and one foot out of Syria. Uh, Uh, He has said that Assad can stay, and uh, I would be against the bombings uh, had they happened, but I would be slightly more uh, comforted by them, for lack of a better word, if there was an actual foreign policy that would follow up uh, with what the bombings uh, were supposed to do, which is get rid of the chemical weapons in Syria. Well, somebody
0: asked him uh, during a dinner, I think, a reporter asked him, what is your long-term plan for Syria,
1: or do you have a long-term plan for Syria? And he just said, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Like Andy Kaufman. (laughs) Thank you very much. Isn't that nice? Um, And, of course, McMaster and Mattis, General Mattis, are now in the ear of Donald Trump, much more in the ear of Donald Trump than Steve Bannon. Uh, Steve Bannon is on the way out. Of course, Steve Bannon was considered the mastermind, the puppet master behind Donald Trump, Donald Trump, of course, being the puppet himself. Bannon was on the cover of Time magazine two months ago. And ever since then, there has been a slow erosion of trust between Donald Trump and uh, Steve Bannon, Donald Trump choosing to work close with Jared Kushner, uh, the man who promised to run uh, the United States government like a corporation, making all of us consumers, and we will be getting into that a little bit later on regarding the Affordable Care Act and Donald Trump's, um, I guess, strong-arming of the Democratic Party regarding cutting funding uh, for people who have less income. So uh, that's one of the changes, is that Donald Trump is now no longer nationalist or isolationist. He's an interventionalist. The alt-right is the, the only thing that makes this mildly okay is that the alt-right is livid. <laughs> they are, they're, they're the cucks of the week. I hate that term, but they are officially cucks. Uh, Donald Trump has also uh, done a 180 he is uh, he is bell dancing with the beast. He is spinning all around. Uh, he has done a 180 regarding NATO, mm-hmm. and uh, he once called it obsolete. And now NATO. No longer obsolete. That is actually his That's
0: direct quote. Is no longer obsolete.
1: No explanation of why. No explanation of if he's uh, made changes to NATO. Uh, it's simply no longer obsolete. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is unbelievable. Uh, watching a president um, change policies in such a dramatic fashion. Obviously, being the president is much different than running for president. And we're seeing Donald Trump uh, realize that some of the rhetoric on the campaign trail isn't rational in reality. Uh, rational policy. In reality, and uh, he is changing on a whim. We wonder now uh, if it is because he is so untethered to ideology. That he can just go anywhere. Uh, obviously, it is a little bit pragmatic, which I don't mind uh, people who are pragmatic, but the concern is does he just blow in the wind with where the poll numbers take him? And does Bannon come back into the Oval Office, into his ear, if the poll numbers start to slide down once again?
0: Well, I think that he saw when Bannon was really in his ear, his poll numbers were at 35%. I think now, right. if we listen to the Washington Scuttlebutt, then we uh, hear that the Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt. Yeah, we see, hear that uh, Jared Kushner is. Much yes. closer to Donald Trump. And of course, now that Jared Kushner is a little closer, we see the reversal on NATO, we see the Syria intervention, and we see his poll numbers going up. And Absolutely. if there's one thing Trump likes, it is high poll numbers. If there's one yep. thing that he needs, it is to be loved. Yep. So I think if he sees now that if I'm listening to Jared, then my poll numbers are going to go up, then Bannon is not long for that world.
1: And of course, uh, the John McCain's of the world are happy. Lindsey Graham. Uh, many uh, of the more established Democrats are not against his intervention in Syria. It is sort of uh, got bipartisan support. Again, sadly, bipartisan support tends to come. It, it comes with high consequences. For example, again, the 18 allies that were killed this week and the nine civilians, four of them children, uh, that were killed in the airport in Syria. And Trump is also ratcheting up drone strikes. If you thought Obama was bad. And Obama was bad. So if you did think Obama was bad, you were right. And now get ready for Obama on steroids. This is like when Shredder, um, he he fell underneath oh, the super deck. Super Shredder. Super <laughs> Shredder. Trump is Super Shredder when it comes to the drones.
0: Well, uh, what is happening here is uh, U.S. officials have told NBC News that the Trump administration is moving ahead with plans to make it easier for the CIA and the military to target terrorists with drone strikes, even if it means tolerating more civilian casualties mm. under but the you know
1: what they always said that the trump administration is intolerant <laughs> and then look at that they're tolerating more and more civilian casualties overseas yeah. wow
0: no, well the rule the obama administration put in place said that no drone strike could take place outside a war zone right. unless there was quote near certainty that no civilian would be harmed one official uh one u.s official said about that some of the obama administration rules were getting in the way of good drone strikes
1: of Good civilian casualties. (laughs) And that's the one Trump likes steaks. He likes. Putting ketchup on them and good civilian casualties. Yep,
0: and it's a part of a broad policy shift to grant the CIA mm-hmm. and the military more autonomy to target and kill Al Qaeda and ISIS militants without presidential sign-off in countries such as Yemen, Somalia, Iraq, Syria,
1: Libya, and Afghanistan. All countries on the no-fly or on the uh, on the um, Muslim- travel ban as well. Yeah. Um, so that's very strategic and uh, absolutely on purpose. The Middle East right now is in absolute turmoil complete and utter shambles. Donald Trump is seeing, as markets mentioned, his poll numbers rise with each intervention. That's what he's chasing. Um, I don't believe, as I mentioned earlier, he's tethered to an ideology. He will go where the poll numbers take him. And unfortunately, once again, this country rallies around the flag uh, when bombs are dropped. The Kurds, uh, in the Middle East, for example, they are helping us fight ISIS. They are also against the Turkish government, who is a massive ally. We have Al Qaeda helping us fight ISIS uh, in Syria as well. It is it is Iraq, but uh, you know, much much more complex. Uh, Iraq obviously had the Shiites, the Sunnis, uh, and uh, and the uh, and the Kurds. Um, those were three different factions. Syria is full of a multitude, almost a countless amount of different uh, tribal groups all vying for the position of power that, is, that would obviously uh, be ne- needed to be filled if Assad... Is brought out of office. This also plays into Donald Trump in a positive way because now he's distancing himself from the Kremlin. He's distancing himself from Vladimir Putin. They're no longer getting uh, getting along, or at least
0: they say they're no longer getting along.
1: Well, according to D- Donald Trump, it's at an all time low. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if he remembers the Cold War. <laughs> Do you really think U.S. relations with the Russians are at an all-time low? Oh, yeah, this is definitely I mean- <laughs> lower than the fucking Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, you, he can handle it. Oh, yeah, he, uh, can, he yeah. can handle it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's what he said about Steve Bannon. Uh, he is the man who makes his own decisions. Steve, he said, is a man that works for him, and that's about it. Talk mm-hmm. about being, talk about a demotion, and uh, Steve Bannon must be drowning his sorrows right next to the worm in the bottom of a tequila bottle. <laughs> um, that's exactly where steve bannon is right now so this has helped donald trump in a lot of ways of course his former campaign manager paul manafort basically a foreign agent uh receiving money from the russians uh for uh in order to help them out with in what they were doing in ukraine um and the, and the Russian scandal has been a cloud over the Trump administration ever since day one, even before day one. Uh, of course, uh, Barack Obama, let's remember mid-December when he leveled, uh, levied the sanctions against the Russians, something that Donald Trump then lifted. But these were, uh, it was it, almost immediate, uh, we knew that there was something going on with the Trump administration and the Russians. So because of his strikes in Syria and because of his more hawkish foreign policy, uh, he is getting a two-fold victory. The poll numbers growing up, he's seen as decisive, which I don't believe it is decisive. I think it's indecisive because, again, there is no backup policy. And he's also getting to argue that him and the Russians are no longer friends or even, uh, you know, just not getting along, or even allies to some degree. But, of course, the Russians are still doing the heavy lifting for the United States uh, in defeating ISIS in Syria. Obviously, though, Vladimir Putin's uh, loyalties lie with Assad. So Rex Tillerson is over there right now uh, meeting with this fella. His uh, He is uh, the uh, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. And three years ago, Rex Tillerson was getting a award of friendship from Vladimir Putin himself, and now uh, times have changed. The relationship has soured. And Vladimir Putin will not even meet with the highest diplomat in the United States, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson.
0: I mean, just because Russia and Trump are pissed off at each other right now, again, all smoke, no fire. But just because they're pissed off at each other right now, that does not mean that nothing happened between them during the election. Uh, And I I think that's what a lot of people, that's the mistake a lot of people are making right now. They're saying, well, look, look at how much he's pissing them off. Trump has no loyalty he has absolutely no loyalty whatsoever towards
1: anybody. Yeah.
0: He does what is
1: best for him. Right. Now, and if he And goddamn if, the
0: consequences.
1: If I trusted him as a intellectual, as a political intellectual, I would call it pragmatic, but I call it flippant. Yeah, because I just don't think he has it. Uh, I don't. But he is learning on a daily basis. This stuff is very complex. Another turn of events. Just to clarify, Manafort, uh, records confirm that Paul Manafort, again, the former campaign manager for Donald Trump, was paid by a pro-Russia group in Ukraine years before he joined uh, the Trump team. And, of course, uh, the annexing of Crimea, the going into Ukraine, was a huge foreign policy issue uh, for the Obama administration. Paul Manafort going against his country and supporting the Russians uh, going against uh, the U.S. policy uh, regarding their attempt uh, to claim uh, the Ukraine China Everything has changed in, uh, changed for China as well. One meeting. One meeting happened. Of course, he met with the president uh, of, of China during that time. The North Koreans uh, launched another uh, missile, a, a missile test, the exact same thing they did when Donald Trump met with the Japanese leader. And now China... Once a great currency manipulator, the biggest threat to the United States, one said that what Trump once said that he was that China was raping us. You're right. Um, well, we we know that wasn't. Uh, we know who that who was doing that, right? <laughs> um, uh, no longer. No No longer longer a currency manipulator. Um, So everything has really changed. And partly because, of course, Donald Trump coming in completely inexperienced, only learning about these events from what he sees on television, still only learning or following, uh, getting a lot of information from television news, still doing that. And I do believe... um, The images of the Syrian children, mothers, uh, husbands, uh, you know, and fathers um, being gassed, uh, playing on CNN, MSNBC and Fox News had a massive impact in our foreign policy decision to go over and start bombing Syria. I believe Donald Trump is that uh emotionally uh fragile mm-hmm. and a, a big complaint about barack obama and i made that complaint as well is that oftentimes he came across as too professorial he um he had the audacity to go to congress and uh, and request <laughs> uh you know the right to go to war and congress but said no and he respected that he did and you know one could argue that maybe okay, you make a red line, maybe you I, I wouldn't be surprised if Obama could go back and change a few things in his presidency. Maybe he wouldn't say that sentence, mm-hmm. uh, because that definitely led to a perceived weakness, and I do understand that. Uh, the news media right now, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News are normalizing uh, Donald Trump's foreign policy. They are uh, absolutely giving him positive press because again they are financed by northrop grumman there's billions and billions and billions of dollars to be made in war and those news entities are uh on the front lines of receiving that money they're loving it they absolutely love it so i think donald trump uh i think the tail is wagging the dog i think he watched that news footage news anchors they know that donald trump is watching working at fox news in 2016 um, I got a tweet from Donald Trump. I did the Greg Gutfeld show. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was talking about, uh, you know, d- d- discussing some of his policies, and he tweeted at me. Um, and so he is very active. He, he is he's super engaging. He's constantly tweeting at Fox and Friends. Yeah. His go-to news show, which is like, it's like Hoda and Kathy Lee, but somehow more drunk. It's like <laughs> if they don't just have wine, but they also like put a little dab in it, uh, you know, like a little marijuana. Yeah, it's, like a cough little sir-
0: it's like cough syrup drunk.
1: It, yeah. They're they're like little Wayne. Yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all just robo-tripping. They are kind of robo-tripping. Mm-hmm. Um so that's where he that's his major source of news. News knows that Donald Trump is watching, and I believe that they were on the forefront of his mind. The images that he saw on news were on the forefront of his mind and Ivanka Trump's mind when making this decision to go in and start bombing Syria with absolutely no end game.
0: Well that's what uh what Donald Trump Jr. said that uh, the reason why they win it in Bondo is because Ivanka was touched she by was the touched. images. That's not a reason to bomb a country with no. If you have a a plan, that's one thing.
1: Sure, but they have no. I mean, you can't do foreign policy on gut reactions. You absolutely can't. And you know, McMaster's and and Mattis, General Mattis, they have a plan. I'm sure these are military minds, very bright military minds. Uh, And now, of course, with Steve Bannon kicked off of the National Security Council, uh, you know he will no longer be there to have an ever looming. Uh, you know, presence in that room. I think it's going to free up some conversations. Of course, when you do have a nationalist isolationist in the National um, Security Council in in those meetings, that will inevitably lead to a different kind of conversation. He needed to be out. I think he was the uh, proverbial turd in the punch bowl, I suppose, for lack of a better uh, you know analogy. And now McMaster's and Mattis are going to be able to really uh, come together and hopefully come up with a cohesive foreign policy. But Again, we'll see if Donald Trump is uh, is going to listen to them and go down the Warhawk path or just continue to uh, enjoy playing with his toys. And that's a very sad statement, but I believe that's what's happening. I think he likes to watch them go boom. Yeah. I think he likes to watch the caves go explode, and I think he likes watching the news coverage. Uh, decisive leader Donald Trump as they normalized his administration solely based on the fact uh, that his foreign policy has become more hawkish. And mark my words, Hillary Clinton, I believe we would have a much stronger foothold uh, in Syria if Hillary Clinton was uh, was elected president. And of course, Vladimir Putin and the Clinton administration, if she were to have an administration, wouldn't have been close on day one. No. Uh, she was basically promising to oust him. She was basically guaranteeing that he would be Gaddafied for all intents and purposes. So uh, it, a lot of changes are happening very quickly. And there's a, another flip-flop, the Fed. The Fed.
0: The Fed. Uh, Donald Trump, He uh, his last campaign ad depicted Janet Yellen, head of the Federal Reserve, as a member of a shadowy globalist cabal mm-hmm. who controlled the levers of power in Washington. This is from a BBC article. Now, on Wednesday, he told the Wall Street Journal he respects the Fed chief. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also indicated he might consider reappointing her next year. Uh, he was once highly critical of the Fed, saying it's low-interest rate policy it Hurt Savers. Now he says he likes a low-interest rate policy. So uh, now he's coming out for the Fed, which is another thing the alt-right absolutely hates.
1: Absolutely. The alt-right absolutely hates it. And, of course, one of his largest mouthpieces, uh, Alex Jones, completely against what Donald Trump has been doing this past week. It's been fascinating to watch that man do parkour all <laughs> over this situation. <laughs> yeah, how is that, he reacting to this? I haven't even thought to check in on him. Very strangely. His his uh, tweets are... Um, positive but also sort of like we're going to hold him we're going to hold his feet to the fire and then occasionally they just bring up Benghazi <laughs> I, I swear to god they just like the right is just like he's doing something we don't like Benghazi yeah. uh which was a which was a obviously a very sad situation in Libya that would not have occurred uh, had we not overthrown Gaddafi so, so they do have the point with that so they're still sticking with Butt Hillary huh but Hillary yeah absolutely there's no denying that uh so now uh as, as Alex Jones would say, we've played this clip a couple of times on the last podcast, on the left live shows. He's in bed with the goblins. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what no. we're talking about, he's not just kissing goblins. He's in- is he
0: kissing goblins? Is he going and stabbing the goblins but giving him a little
1: kiss? <laughs> or is he in bed with the goblin? But you know what we're getting to? Uh, we're getting close to Marcus. He's gonna have a baby with the goblins, <laughs> and you think that we're making this up? YouTube goblins. Alex Jones. Alex. These are. This is his mind. Yeah. And at this point, honestly, uh, if you are a follower of Alex Jones, if you are in the alt right. Uh, the goblin is impregnated, or Donald Trump is impregnated. I'm not sure how procreation works with goblins. He just has a, ba- a baby with a goblin. Do they adopt? At first, it, at first, it's uh, killing goblins. Uh huh.
0: Then it's stabbing a goblin, he, giving him a little kiss. Right. So he, then it's kissing goblins. Right. Then it's
1: in bed with a goblin. But now he's having the baby with the goblin, or he's <laughs> having. And then after that, having a baby with a right. goblin. And so you get the feeling: the more information. By the way, I cannot believe that Alex Jones got a call from Donald Trump. <laughs> I, this whole world is just, it, it is earth-shatteringly stupid. Um, what happens now with China regarding, and we're not even, we can get to, we'll get to the Sean Spicer thing in a, in a second, yeah. because that's more lighthearted than uh, than the real things that are happening. As a matter of fact, I think the media needs to sort of stop covering Sean Spicer's uh, Holocaust gap in some ways, because we got some really important stuff happening here, but as we've seen Ever since we've been able to vote, since the year 2000, the media will not cover the important issues if they can cover something as stupid as a gap from one of the dumbest press secretaries in the history of the United States, Sean Spicer, because they love the war. Yeah, It's too much money for them to turn down. China no longer being considered a currency manipulator. If you look at what happens, uh, what's happening right now in North Korea, we have a huge amount of, uh, of military in South Korea, and the United States was hoping that the Chinese had a lot more of a hold on North Korea. The North Koreans get 90% of their imports from China. They cannot survive without China's support. And uh, as Marcus and I mentioned, I I think maybe the last show or the previous show, I get the feeling, and Marcus, I want to hear your thoughts on this. North Korea right now reminds me of a cult in its waning days. They are so fatalistic. They they are they are ready to uh, to board the the subway full of uh, full of the uh, sarin gas. What was it? Sarin gas. Sarin. Is? Yeah. They're 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 ready to go for the final steps because the North Korean people are starving. Uh, as uh, Kim Jong Un mentioned earlier, they're in, uh, as he said er, uh, earlier this week, Kim Jong Un, of course, the leader of North Korea, as you all know. Uh, the China, the North Korean people, because they're spending so much on military, are going to have to tighten up their belts. Do tighten they, That's the spinal cord. <laughs> what are they going to do, wear a rubber band? How much more can you tighten a North Korean belt? But that's how much they're spending on military. Yeah. They're amping up for something big. And the Chinese are the only possible um, source to stabilize that nation. And again, I believe that they are so... Uh, erratic I think they are Kim Jong-un is just so desperate at this point he's David Koresh in Waco right now and Janet Reno is is rolling in um, that they are willing to do anything Uh, and they don't care if at the end of the day it costs mass Mass casualties in North Korea, China, South Korea, and elsewhere around the world.
0: I mean, you got to ask yourself if China pulling out of South Korea or North Korea is the worst thing that could
1: happen. Then they're totally isolated. They're, I mean, it's already the Hermit Kingdom, yeah, right? So, then, well, then yeah. they're
0: totally isolated,
1: and then they truly have nothing to lose. And basically, at this point, my understanding of it from um, uh, reading a couple of articles and talking to my friend Michael Malice about uh, the North Koreans, uh, and he agreed with my cult analogy— um, they, they don't, I, I don't even think that they are planning on having the Chinese uh, support them for much longer, and mm. I don't think they really care any longer. Yeah. Uh, also, North Korea, they just opened a bar. <laughs> um, so isn't that exciting for them? Oh yeah, gotta have that Hennessy. Gotta have that Hennessy, and I think they have a bunch of liquid cheese coming out of the taps or whatever the hell that stuff is. <laughs> that the, but the, Kim Jong uh, Un loves it so much. Kim Jong, <laughs> yeah, Kim Jong Un took that right after his father, Kim Jong Il. He <laughs> couldn't get enough of staring at stuff coming out of <laughs> coming out of faucets. So uh, you know, right now the entire uh, Trump administration is looking exactly like. Um, let's say a McCain administration or something that a a Romney administration might look like. It's become extremely statist. Uh, There is no longer this um, massive nationalism, isolationism uh, as a thread for his foreign policy. And his domestic policy, which we'll get into now, is really coming into fruition. And if you are a libertarian, And you had this notion, and there's a lot of these alt-right guys, by the way, who are jumping ship and be like, no, I was a libertarian. I am a libertarian. No libertarian in their right mind would have voted for Donald Trump. States' rights, kiss him goodbye, out the frickin' window. When it comes to marijuana and when it comes to immigration, we got some real scary stuff happening right now. Jeff Sessions, he is zipping up the hood, and he is being, in my personal opinion, more barbaric than I even expected him to be easily. So what they're doing I mean, he, right he's now, he's
0: taking notes from Sheriff
1: Joe. This is on uh, Sheriff Joe Arpaio out of uh, out of Arizona, who I believe should be in the prison that he currently uh, runs. And uh, many of those individuals, uh, sh- you know, should be out of there. Um, I'm also going to be at a uh, on, uh, sl- slight side note, April 24th. Uh, it's a Monday. Um, I'm going to be at the steps of City Hall protesting uh, to shut down Rikers, um, Rikers Island right here in New York City. So if you're around, uh, come out to that. We'll have a lot of fun. It's at 1030 in the morning, and I'll be passing out some flyers for my uh, BK for BK uh, uh, Brooklyn Borough presidency run. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to shake hands, and I'm going to say, hello, baby. (laughs) You know what I'm going to do? Treat babies with respect. Always. If you're a baby, you want to be kissed by some random politician? I would never let my kid be kissed by a politician. No, I don't think Never. Not even myself. I won't even kiss. My baby. If I become a poly, if I get elected <laughs> to any office at any point in my life, I won't, I won't kiss my baby. No, no, no. no, no. I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the devil's game. <laughs> That's not allowed. Um, so yes, come out to that April 24th. Uh, so Jeff Sessions. Um, there was a town in Michigan that proclaimed itself to be a sanctuary city. They immediately changed uh, course on that. Uh, he's pushing through a policy that even conservative prosecutors—prosecutors prosecutors are not known for their liberal leanings. Mm. It is a. Uh, it is a. Um, Aggressive profession, to say the least. You have to be comfortable arguing that people's lives should end. You have to be comfortable uh, throwing people in prison for countless years and uh, for for minor crimes in many cases. Even prosecutors are absolutely scratching their heads in uh, concern for the Constitution of this country regarding the new laws as far as harboring illegal immigrants.
0: Well, federal prosecutors are now required to consider prosecution, All of the following offenses. One, the transportation
1: or harboring of aliens. So now this is, this could be, are you a landlord? Do you you rent a room to a family that is an illegal immigrant family? Are you now harboring illegal immigrants? If you live in the room next door and you're and you're and you're renting out a room, what does this mean? And I hate the analogy. Uh, and we'll go to Sean Spicer for a second. Uh, you know, calling uh, Assad worse than Hitler. Mm. I hate all World War II analogies. Yeah. Um. But this is this is Gestapo tactics. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, making people so afraid to help. You know, why did uh, why did Mary and Joseph have such a difficult time <laughs> finding a place to stay because people were scared to harbor them? Yeah. And that's why Jesus was born in a barn. And that's 100% true. Um... <laughs> But that is yeah. it. But that's what happens. Well, they're saying
0: What's- that this is to uh, prevent coyotes. Uh, the coyotes are the people sure. that bring illegal immigrants over. They say the- it's for that, but the b- law is so broad that exactly. it can
1: be anybody or anything. And ICE, we know ICE is now showing up at court hearings. Uh, there's many cases of women uh, who are abused by their spouses going in and trying to get restraining orders against uh, their abusive spouse, being arrested on spot. On the spot. I mean, ICE in the courtrooms. Uh, the way that they're doing it is it's is a very new tactic and it's totally predatory and these people are just coming to them mm-hmm. um, and so prosecutors are like what do you want us to do we already have a massive backlog of uh, of illegal immigrants that have to be processed and now you want to add this other layer of a mandatory misdemeanor uh, upward, and then the second offense is a felony offense for people who again this can go to a landlord who rents out a room to illegal immigrants if you're in Brooklyn, New York uh, there are a lot of illegal immigrants living in a lot of apartment complexes, yeah. and it's going to open up a whole series of um, of issues. If you're a bar owner, if you are a um, you know a restaurant owner, a bar owner, whatever it might be, you have illegal immigrants working in your shop. Are you now harboring illegal immigrants? Is that now going to be a felony? I mean, this stuff is very intense and very real, and it's going to lead to a society that uh, is is less open-minded, and at the end of the day, people are going to be too scared to help. People in Nazi Germany, they saw what was happening, but as we've seen uh, in in many documentaries, they turned a blind eye because they don't want themselves to be locked up. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this policy is. This is turning neighbor against neighbor. Yep, and uh, further, uh,
0: they're making it a felony if a person illegally comes into America twice. If they come in uh, once, it's a misdemeanor. If they come in twice, it's now a
1: felony. So we have around 12% of our nation's prisons are private, and the vast majority of people who are imprisoned in our private prisons are illegal immigrants. So now we have a situation where we will be taking in someone, charging them with a felony because they came into our country, holding them here Forcing them to work. Uh, there's a lawsuit right now from illegal immigrants filed by illegal uh, illegal immigrants um, against many private prisons because basically they work from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. and they repeat it. And if they don't work, they're punished, they're beat, uh, they're sent uh, they're sent into solitary confinement. I mean, it's absolutely atrocious. This is a guaranteed way to fuel the private uh, industrial prison complex, and this is another extension of human slavery.
0: Yeah, yeah and forth where possible, uh, prosecutors are directed to. At- charge criminal aliens with document fraud and aggravated identity theft, the latter carrying a two-year mandatory minimum sentence.
1: So does that make any sense to you? There are illegal immigrants in this country. It's not about deporting them. We're going to keep you here longer. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the taxpayers are the ones who are going to be paying for this stuff. Yeah, two years. that the prisons gonna, rake in the money.
0: Yeah, we're, instead of having them go out and actually contribute to the economy, getting paid, spending money at local businesses, we are going to keep yep. them in the country for two years and pay to keep them in the country. It makes zero sense. Sense. And one
1: of the interesting Venn diagrams regarding immigration is the American farmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of American farmers voted for Donald Trump uh, because, again, of his uh, economic policies. Uh, they, they see NAFTA as a massive negative. Uh, they see a lot of our trade deals as, as, as being uh, you know, damaging to their bottom line. Uh, there was a great interview on PBS with many American farmers, and they're like, the only—the immigration thing, I, they just totally differ with Donald Trump because they're like, we do not have a farm. Yeah, We don't have – no one is picking your star, uh, strawberries, your potatoes. No one is picking them in this country except for illegal immigrants. So the American farmer, the Venn diagram, immense amount of support for Donald Trump as a, as, as a whole. I'm sure many, many did not vote for Donald Trump, but as a whole, uh, most of them did. Uh, are, what are they going, going to do? And again, now with this new Jeff Sessions law, if you hire an illegal immigrant, are you now harboring an illegal immigrant? Is that is that farmer now going to become a felon? Mm-hmm. And then do you charge that farmer uh, a felony for each illegal immigrant on their field? I mean, this stuff is, is really intense. And, of course, uh, the audacity when it comes to New York City being a sanctuary city as, uh, and the audacity of, of, the, of Washington, of the Trump administration, to threaten to cut our funding in New York City as we spend $300,000 a day harboring Melania and Barron Trump. I mean, it is ridiculous. Jeff Sessions is a a madman, a total and utter lunatic who in 1986 was considered too racist uh, to hold the position he has now. And apparently in 2016, he's just racist enough to have it. It is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And furthermore, uh, all of the things that he's saying about marijuana, that he's coming out and pretty much taking away states' rights.
1: Absolutely taking away states' rights. And the states that are going to benefit most from marijuana are your poor southern states, Alabama, Arkansas. Uh, you know those are the states that are going to need crops. They they need uh, products to sell, and those are the states that are are, are uh, best positioned to gain monetarily from marijuana. As factories have closed, as uh, you know, West Virginia coal mining is is is, is uh, you know not nearly as successful as it once was as a profession. These states need jobs. Yeah, I and mean, marijuana is a cash crop, and you look no further than what's happening in Colorado. Replace all those tobacco farms with marijuana farms. Less people are
0: smoking now than ever before, uh, and those jobs have disappeared. Put marijuana farms out there.
1: That's it. That I mean, it's just it's it's economic, uh, it's compassionate, it's intelligent. Uh, Jeff Sessions is none of those three things and it is is—it's fascinating to watch uh, this man just erode the constitution of this United States regarding states' rights and uh, it, it is, and I understand the argument you know, for, uh, you know uh, against illegal immigrants is that they are here illegally and I understand we do have an issue yeah. with illegal immigrants but all this yeah. does is push things underground and as we've seen every time there's a prohibition it just leads to more and more nefarious people dipping their fingers in the pot, trying to make some money. Talk about the human sex trafficking trade. It's going to go through the roof when it comes to these illegal immigrants. Where are they supposed to turn when they, when they start getting trafficked all across the country? They can't go to the police. They, they, I mean, they're really just the lesser of two evils. And as, Marcus, you always say about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, at least they know what's going to happen when they're in the human sex trafficking trade. They don't know what's going to happen when they go to, uh, over to the ICE. And they get sent to a private prison where they've got to work, uh, you know, like a modern day slave. So it, it is, I, I could not disagree with Jeff Sessions and what he is doing right now with the Justice Department as, uh, as Attorney General. I, I think it's truly atrocious. And even, again, conservative prosecutors are, 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 are in awe of what's happening right now in this country. So, anyway, Sean Spicer's an idiot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, that's the other, that's the kind of the, fu- the funnest story of this week is literally involving Hitler. And- <laughs> it literally involves Hitler L- and the Holocaust, the Holocaust. And that's, Holocaust. The, that's our lighthearted beat <laughs> on this week in politics. It's unbelievable. For those that don't know, uh, Sean Spicer said uh, that, uh, uh, that Assad is worse than Hitler because even Hitler didn't use gas. Even Hitler didn't, didn't gas use his own, gas yeah. on his own people. So uh, either he doesn't believe that Jewish people uh, could be German, uh, or, I, 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 or he is just totally historically illiterate. I, or it's more nefarious than that, and this was a dog whistle to the alt-right who are currently upset with Donald Trump for the ousting of Steve Bannon, and for his change in policy, it might just be a dog whistle to them being like, yo, bro, no. don't worry about it. I don't think the Holocaust was nearly as big of a deal as they're making it out to be. I'm with you, uh, Richard Spencer, and all these other total uh, maniacs. Oh, no, that is giving him way too much credit. I don't think it's a dog whistle at all. I think he's just an idiot that
0: doesn't know much about history. Y- and yes, he, I do think that. that was- well,
1: so my, it might be a dog whistle. Yeah. To be all
0: right, yeah, maybe, but I, I, really, I really think he's just talking. All, I mean, that's the, the 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 great irony about Sean Spicer is that he is a bad communicator. He is,
1: uh, he is the press secretary, and he is a bad communicator. Yes, he absolutely, uh, and you know, he does have a very difficult job. I, I feel, yeah. I do feel mild sympathy for <laughs> Spicer because you get the feeling he's wearing diapers now. <laughs> like he is just like I used to be the White House Easter Bunny. what happened (laughs) I was such a source of joy he used to be I mean of course he was a former communications director that's how he got this position so he does have a history which even makes it worse Ari Fleischer and uh, Dana Perino they both worked under uh, W. Bush and I know Dana Perino uh, fairly well she's always been extremely nice to me um, I've, got, I've done a couple of different uh, spots with her on television. She's a very sweet gal. But uh, they both agreed it's probably time for Sean Spicer to uh, step down yeah. and go because he doesn't seem equipped for the job. And if you watch the clips uh, when, uh, when Spicer made this gap, the reporters were almost like they were like fathers trying to, like, lower the rim for their kids so they can make the basket <laughs> so they could go inside for dinner. It's like, one more free throw, son. We'll go and have dinner. It's just like, brick. Let's lower it to eight feet. Let's see what we can do. Brick, how about you? we just, we'll put it on the ground, and then you put the ball in it on the ground, Brick. I mean, they literally asked him, like, can you rephrase that? What do you mean Hitler did not use gas on his people? And then he just, he tripled down. He I did, mean, yeah. it was totally lost on him, but you Who could... calls concentration camps Holocaust centers? You know, <laughs> I have never even in my life- It is unbelievable.
0: Holocaust centers.
1: That sounds like a place where you go and I don't even want to joke about (laughs) (laughs) that. It's... Between you and Henry, you know, I always get so... I get ribbed about it so damn... It, just, it sounds like a Macy's, but, like, there's nothing good there. Used shoes or something. I mean, it is the most ridiculous thing I have ever uh, heard a press secretary say. Yeah. So, uh, it, it does seem like he's in, in in over his head. And now, I mean, honestly, uh, things have been fairly light, as light as uh, global and, uh, and and national politics can be, but now that we are really triumph, uh, trumping it up, the... Uh, uh, the horn for war uh, uh sean spicer is going to find himself in a much more serious and precarious position because we're going to have life and death on the line and uh you know the media does inquire when civilian mm-hmm. casualties uh, casualties uh, start to mount up and i don't think that sean spicer is going to have near the wit uh the intelligence or the the stamina quite frankly he looks exhausted all the time to deal with a a wartime situation
0: uh, this administration is going to go through press secretaries like tissues
1: yes Absolutely. They're going to last. I mean, I I would be surprised if over the next four years, if this thing lasts four years, they're going to be going through press secretaries every six months. You know, it's funny you say that, Marcus. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I did One American News today, which is the—I forgot how conservative One American News is. Um, They kept on trying to, like, spin my words around and stuff and make me seem like I enjoy Donald Trump uh, and his Syrian strikes and how— You know, try to demonize the left wing media for making fun of Sean Spicer and all this stuff. It was a 20 minute conversation. They're cutting it down to two minutes. So if you do see it, I'm sure you're going to think I'm uh, an alt writer or something. I have no idea how they're going to cut the dang thing. Um, But uh, they are, uh, you know, the woman that was interviewing me mentioned Laura Ingram. Would be a great the talk show host. Oh, she would be a great press secretary. I'm thinking, and I jokingly was like, "Yeah, let's get Alex Jones in there." And then she was like, "You know, he is good. He's good." I was like, "No, I'm joking. I am." What the hell is happening to everybody? You know, Laura Ingram is a press secretary, but everyone agrees, or many people on the right, I've been arguing uh, for more left positions on these shows that have been going on because television news has the combative head to head format that is totally not conducive to actually conveying information. Nonetheless, every Republican that I've argued with have uh, said that they want Spicer to go. I think that they kind of see him as an embarrassment to the administration. And uh, Donald Trump is loyal to his loyalists because, as we talked about, uh, he does not have a large inner circle. Uh, The leaks are massive. The leaks are uh, happening on a regular basis. Uh, you know, in spite of the fact that he keeps a fairly close knit inner circle, Mm. and so we'll see how much longer Sean Spicer has. But Donald Trump, um, the irony is, he actually doesn't like to fire people. Yeah. Uh, Even though that's how he got famous and into the hearts and minds of the American people from The Apprentice, firing people. In reality, he doesn't like to do it very much. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's the. Again, the lightest story of the week involves the Holocaust. <laughs> Only in the Trump administration can we ever say that. Uh, well, I guess that's pretty much it for this week. I think we got, so. uh, We'll keep you up to date. I'm going to do another dumpster fire chats here uh, coming up real soon for you guys. So thank you guys so much for all those emails. By the way, they're great this week as well. And uh, you can go to BK4BK. Spell out the word or spell out the number four. And uh, if you want to donate, that would be absolutely amazing. We're going to have a lot of fun, and I hope we encourage people to get involved in local politics. And um, we're going to, un- uh, you know, unveil our, um, our policy platforms. I really want to focus on criminal justice reform. I mean, you know, that's with last podcast on the left and, and what we've been talking about here for years. I mean, that's just uh, near and dear to my heart and our hearts. So uh, hopefully we can get uh, Eric Adams, the current Democrat, uh, who is there hopefully we can take him to the left and and scare him a little bit and hell you never know what happens but our main goal is to get some uh let's get the conversation going and uh, and get rid of our bond system and as soon as we get you know I'm, I'm formulating the policies now and how to articulate them well and all that kind of stuff and uh so we're gonna you know do you use the show and then we'll throw out some policies and, and brainstorm some ideas and get involved in local politics everyone because uh, if i can do it Literally anyone can do (laughs) it. I had eight years on roundtable, and I cannot wait for the slam ads. Oh, man. Between last podcast roundtable. I think we're fairly safe on this show, but who knows? God, they're going to be so
0: good for us.
1: Oh, they'll be good for the ratings. Good for the numbers. (laughs) Good for the numbers. Real good numbers here. Real good numbers. Yeah, that's it. And again, April 24th, if you're in the New York City area, 1030 a.m. City Hall, and uh, you can email me at BenK721 uh, at Gmail, and we can all meet up together and go to that. uh, Close Rikers. We got to. Modern Day Alcatraz. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's basically it. Thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on CCR. And go to the merch page and uh, get the Don't Come At Me With That shirt. Yeah. And uh, the "Able against Top Hat official shirt and the Ben Kissel for President shirt. Apparently they sold fairly well. So thank you all so much for that. Cave Company Radio merch.com. There it is. And – we are, I'm sure uh, you guys have all listened to last podcast on the left, but if you're not aware, we are nominated for a Webby. Yes. So go and vote for us for a Webby. We're doing okay right now, but we got a final push here this week. Yeah, go and, to our
0: uh, Twitter page, at LP on the left. we got a pin tweet up top that will uh, direct you to the voting site.
1: All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.
0: For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a
1: door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, This is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo.